Hello, Creative Pactors. It is uh, Creative Pact number 15 for the 15th of September. Um, I'm Scott, and I am joined today by a, a hero of mine of the podcasting world, um, Thomas Gideon from the Command Line podcast. Hello. 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 Um, I, I, as a hero, you are a hero of mine in the podcasting world. I'm, I hope that's not too embarrassing, as they say. Uh, you've been doing the Command Line podcast for six years now, if I'm correct. A, l- a little over. Celebrated the sixth anniversary of the show back in in June, so we're already a couple of months into year seven. Oh wow! With a with a great interview by uh, Doc Corduroy, if I remember correctly. Uh, Corey Doctorow. Corey Doctorow, yeah. even oh my head's gone nuts. Yeah, <laughs> great even. Uh, uh, now a fellow Brit. Brit actually, he's a. I think he's a. He's main, a dual citizen. He's maintaining his um, uh, Canadian citizenship as well. But he, uh, when he's not traveling, he he does reside in. Uh, in a fair London town there. Uh, he's actually, I mean, you talk about heroes. He's a hero of mine. He's uh, definitely a friend of the podcast. So we did something fun for that sixth anniversary show. I've interviewed him repeatedly just out of my own interest because he works and, and he talks uh, about so many issues that uh, motivate me and uh, that are strongly aligned with my passions. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I feel fortunate to be able to help uh, do him a favor now and again in, in promoting his books, which I just happen to enjoy anyway. You know, I pick them up and read them anyway. But to have him on and talk about his most recent book when he's out on book tour is really great. So we had a lot of fun with that one kind of after knowing him for most of that six years and, and getting to know him better and actually cultivating a, a really nice friendship with him, being able to kind of turn the tables and ask him to kind of uh, ask the questions and, and allow me to talk a bit more about myself than I usually get to do in that interview setting. Yeah, it was it was a really interesting show actually. As a as a long time listener to your podcast, it was nice to hear hear a lot more about yourself in that in that show. Actually, it was really interesting. Um, so over the over over the six plus years of podcasting, then are there any like big tips you would you would pass on to people or big no nos as things never to do? Is it? Sure, sure. I can think of there, there's one right off the top of my head, and please don't don't take this as any kind of uh, weird passive or implied criticism. Uh, but since we are we are doing an interview and we're just talking about interviews, uh, just based on my own experience, there's some things that I found that uh, make for uh, if if you are podcasting uh, interviews that make for much more listenable, much more engaging interviews. And I think my my number one tip is to really. Uh, kind of think of the the emphasis of the interview is really on the person that you're talking to. Uh, if if you're hosting your own podcast, people get to hear you week in and week out anyway, so you already have a nice uh, megaphone there, as it were, to talk about whatever you want to talk about. But when you have a guest on, uh, there there are some uh, younger podcasters that that I've I've listened to that. Uh, they take a very conversational approach, and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that there are certain, I think, verbal tics that work in in the course of normal conversation that you're just not aware of. They're usually small affirmative noises that you make. Uh, you, you may be nodding your head, which is perfectly fine in an audio podcast because that's totally silent. But those little those little affirmative noises uh, I find tend to be a little bit distracting, and and they might interrupt the flow for a listener. It's it's. It might feel more comfortable to you to give that kind of positive feedback, but it actually makes for, I think, better quality audio in the end if the the guest is just speaking uh, uninterrupted until there's that kind of natural pause where you can uh, move on to the next question. And to be fair uh, to folks who find themselves uh, conducting interviews and and maybe guilty of this very, very mild sin, uh, if you're doing multi-track recording, it's definitely something that you can fix after the fact. Yes, that's very true. I, I held my breath as you moved through there to make sure I didn't do anything. So, 
I, I think I kind of pulled that off just about. <laughs> it's I, I find that uh, that the more I, I podcast, the more aware I become of uh, how I speak and how I interact, and it's it's definitely helped with uh, the interviews because I'm a really what you have to understand about me is that uh, I'm I'm really. Uh, I say lazy in a more charitable mood. I might call it uh, self-enlightened or enlightened self-interest. Uh, but I, I don't like editing, and so I, I don't want to have to edit out ums and and coughs and ticks and stuff like that. So uh, you know, one of the one of the things that makes it easier for me is is having a podcast where uh, most of the time it's it's just me uh, reading an essay that I've written or, or discussing news of the week. Uh, you know, I can I can pause, I can stop when I need to take a breath or something like that, uh, and I don't have to go back and edit it after the fact, which is much more labor intensive. But definitely in in this instance, uh, to to kind of bolster that tip, there that uh, enlightened self interest operates here as well. Is that if uh, if you're not, you know, if you you catch yourself, if you hear yourself uh, making those uh, those small affirmative noises that I'm talking about, and, and uh, you kind of train yourself out of that, and you just you sit back and you let the uh, the the interview subject speak. Then you don't have to edit anything out. It it makes for just a, a much cleaner uh, recording that you, you you really only have to worry about maybe doing uh, any kind of a EQ or mastering work if there's a you know like on a, on a telephone line or on a, on a poor Skype connection if you just need to. Uh, brighten things up and clean things up a little bit, which is I find that that's a lot easier because then you're dealing with the whole track all at once. You're not kind of hunting through that waveform trying to find, uh, you know, the little things that you need to take out to clean it up. Cool. That's a that's a great tip and definitely one that I'll I'll try and take to heart over the remainder of these podcasts that I'm doing. I'm I'm aware that I've almost certainly broken that a few times already, so I will I will definitely try and keep it. A, aware in my mind as I go through the rest of these podcasts they say cool. well I think it's it's the sort of thing that uh, it, it like all rules occasionally it's fine you know occasionally there there are moments where uh, that kind of breaking in uh, it, it really enhances that conversational sound I think that there's just uh, people fall into this kind of uh, automatic repetition and it, and it's uh, the the podcasts I find that that are most guilty of it um, it's almost periodic. It's almost like you could build a little bit of software, build a little automation that would, you know, every so many seconds, every so many minutes, uh, would spot in the waveform and just duck it out, would just drop it out. So I, I, I don't think, you know, I'm not trying to, again, I feel bad kind of sharing this tip in this setting and I'm, I'm not trying to say anything about, uh, your interviews except, you know, in as far as, as people take this as, uh, you know, an idea to think about for, for growth, you know, to how, how we can constructively improve. Um, but just uh, really, uh, again, just thinking about uh, the audience, you know, the, the vast number of people who outnumber us as podcasters out there. And I think what, what they're going to enjoy most of the, the experiences that uh, you share with them as a podcaster. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I, I don't take it personally at all. No, no, no. I, I, I really, I, I, yeah. It's very useful advice. Um, it strikes me that it'd be very amiss of me not to ask you to j just kind of say a little bit to my audience about the kind of free software, which I know is something that's um, incredibly important to you and that you talk about a lot in, in your podcast when you're talking kind of about hacker culture and such. You... Sure, absolutely. It's really one of the things that I, I struggle to make people understand, though, because uh, I, I run into when, when the subject of free software and open source comes up, um, I find that uh, outside of kind of this this self-selecting group of, of hackers, advocates, and enthusiasts, there often are a lot of uh, misperceptions. So I, I do try to take great pains when I do talk about my own experiences 
to frame them very carefully as my own experiences, my own choices about the software that I choose to use. But that being said, I do like to make it very clear why I find free software and open source to be more valuable. I mean, one of the things that, that goes along with that is that, uh, you know, as a professional developer for over a decade, uh, even though I've moved out of the private sector, out of kind of commercial software development, now in working in the public interest at a not-for-profit, uh, programming is still a large part of what I do, and especially at a not-for-profit where we don't have a lot of resources. Uh, free software in that it's also often free as in uh, beer or free as in free cookies uh, is a, a, a really valuable resource in that regard. But I find that that more so what the, the bulk of the value that really derives to me as a developer is the fact that I can read and I'm free to change those sources to suit. If I find um, some tool, some bit of software that's very close to what I need but not quite there, as long as I have the skill or the wherewithal to, to build the skill or find the, the, the knowledge for that last, last bit of, of change of programming that needs to be done to it to completely suit my need, uh, there's nothing preventing me from doing that. So I find it to be more from a pragmatic view, to be of extreme utility benefit beyond uh, what uh, proprietary closed source software has to offer. And really, uh, in this day and age when there's so much free software out there, there's so much open source software out there, uh, it, you know, it used to be that you had to kind of make do with uh, sort of second class um, alternatives, that there were workalikes that weren't quite there yet when it came to you know, word processors, uh, image editing suites, uh, when you talk about multimedia, like the audio recording that we're doing here, uh, there was a day where there just really wasn't anything really very usable, especially for podcasters doing projects like you're doing now, where you're recording every single day. There really weren't tools up to it. We're, we're very fortunate right now, after all of these years of hard work of, of people in the community that I, I very strongly identify with, that we actually have some, some fantastic choices no matter what it is that you want to do with your computer, whether it's media production whether it's just accessing information, communication, you know, some browsing, emailing, instant messaging, participating in social networks, doing, uh, you know, heavy lifting, linear video editing, audio editing, animation, 3D animation, uh, scientific research, uh, you know, mathematical number crunching, you name it. There are tons and tons and tons of great software packages that are licensed under free software licenses or open source software licenses. Cool. Uh, well, thank you very much. I guess for some of my audience who aren't aware of kind of free software, things like Firefox, WordPress are kind of examples of things you might have came across, which is to point yeah, you Yeah, and well, I, Linux is uh, the granddaddy, and a lot of people uh, equate those very closely, but there are uh, fantastic ways to kind of incrementally get into it, or I think part of what you're, you're touching on there is that people may already be using free software and open source software without realizing it, that they may be using... Uh, Firefox, as you say, that they may be using Thunderbird, that uh, they may be using things that use uh, under the hood, use uh, free software. So OS X, its uh, core kernel is based on uh, a variation of the BSD operating system that's freely licensed. The uh, Safari browser that comes bundled with that uh, also at its core uses a, a, a library called WebKit which is a, a bit of open source software. So there may be ways that they're not familiar. And uh, if they listen to my podcast, if you don't mind me plugging a little bit. Not uh, at all. That, that I work to expose and help people understand what, what that means and, and how they may already in some ways be familiar with this uh, larger world of software to maybe take some uh, more comfortable, larger steps into it. 
Um, I guess just as we draw to a close here, it's a it's an opportunity for me to just uh, in- endorse the command line podcast that you can get at the commandline.net. Um, it's going to be weekly now, if my memory serves me correctly. Yeah, yeah. For the bulk of the six years, I've been putting uh, two shows out a week. One of those was a newscast, just a discussion of a small selection of, of stories from the tech world, the tech policy world, the uh, the kind of uh, geeks geek world of of news outlets out there. And the other was uh, an interview or some other feature, monologue, rant, what have you. Uh, and just with the the fact that I've transitioned in my career into something that's a little more time consuming, and actually in many ways the podcast and the things that I've been studying and synthesizing and writing about for the podcast and and for the accompanying blog has really enabled me to make that change. Unfortunately, it means that it's it's a bit more demanding of of that uh, particular area of attention. And it, do, it does require a bit more travel, uh, a, a bit more networking, and uh, I, I'm loving every minute of it that it's that much more demanding because it's just so much more rewarding. But it has meant that, yeah, that I have had to shift to one show a week, so I'm just going to alternate. I'll, I'll keep doing the news programs because people seem to like those equally well as they like those feature programs. So one week it'll be a feature, and the next week it'll be a newscast, and, and that'll be the, uh, the new tempo from here forward. Excellent stuff. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for uh, coming, for, for agreeing to be interviewed for my podcast. It's definitely fulfilled an ambition of mine. So I'm, I'm very grateful for your time today. Sure. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to participate in this uh, really ambitious, pretty cool project that you're undertaking here. Thank you very much. All the best. Bye. Bye.